I'd like to add my uh, word of concern and request for prayers to Alden's, uh, for uh, Pastor Wade uh, and his family and his father. Uh, it is a, a tough time. Uh, we pray that it will be a, uh, a time that is blessed by the presence of God even now. Um, in fact, let's, let's pray uh, even now that, uh, for Wade. Lord, I, I thank you for our pastor, for Wade. I thank you for his time with his dad. I pray that uh, even in this moment, they will know your presence in an amazing and special way and know our love for them. Amen. Uh, Wade called yesterday afternoon, and, uh, and I told him before, I said, I said, do not hesitate, last minute, whatever. I will be glad to preach. I'll be glad to do whatever you need. And uh, I got kind of used to it. Uh, my previous uh, assignment for 10 years that I, I ended up doing way too much work and, and way too little uh, sermon prep as time went on. There was just so much to do. and uh, So I got used to kind of scratching something together here and there. Uh, I didn't do that every Sunday, but I kind of kind of got, got used to that. And uh, so Wade called, and uh, so I decided, all right, go check and see what the sermon's about. And... Uh, <laughs> Looked up anxiety. I said, "All right, <laughs> we got that." <laughs> and uh, so, at least, at the minimum, I share anxiety with you. Uh, but uh, but as we hear uh, in the, our sermon today, in the scriptures today, that as we seek God and seek God's purposes and plans, that God gives us a peace and gives us His presence, and so we will uh, trust in Him in that. Uh, there was a time when, uh, at the very beginning of our marriage, actually the very beginning of our marriage, uh, it was uh, our honeymoon. Uh, Molly and I were heading off to St. John's Island and uh, talking about anxiety. I was stressed because um, I had saved up just enough for the honeymoon, not more, not less, and really had just a little, if any, room left on the credit cards. There was no room for mistakes here. And so I was a little uh, anxious there as we headed out to St. John's and uh, there was this, uh, the people that we rented a house through, they were kind of like the travel agents on the island. There was one, one lady I talked to and she was just as happy as could be all the time and don't worry, everything's good. And, and so we pull up to the island and, and I left my printout of the name of the rental car place and and so i said buena vito something something and uh she goes yeah we'll find it don't worry we're good i said okay they're walking around and walking and it's just not many places you could go it, it, it's just small little island small little commercial area and she's like i just never heard of this before and this was her job and uh there, there could have been there wasn't like budget and hurts and it just had to be like three or four rental car places and so we looked and we looked and I started getting stressed and stressed because and, I'd already given them money. I didn't have enough money to give anybody else. And uh, so but, but finally afterwards she kept, no, oh, come on, let's, don't worry, walking around. So okay. And uh, so finally we did. She found it and it was in kind of this hidden corner. And we found it we got our little Jeep and it had little stickers all over it that said, I don't know why I didn't pay attention. It said, put in four-wheel drive, put it in four-wheel drive, put it in drive and four-wheel drive, all these stickers. So I in brilliance, I asked her, do we need to put this thing in four-wheel drive? And uh, she goes, no, don't worry, no big deal. I go, okay. And so we didn't. Uh, 
And so the, the way to the house was up these little switchbacks. It was asphalt, but the way these switchbacks in the road happened, that every turn there's just this weird undulation thing, and, and you really need your four-wheel drive. And, uh, and this is the kind you had to lock the hubs and do all that. It wasn't just an easy just push a button. And uh, so the whole time we're there, and I'm just stressing out. She's going, don't worry, it's going to be fine. I was like, no, it's not. And I'm just <laughs> stressing out. And so finally it worked. You know, we got, I got out, locked the hubs, figured it out. When we get going, we get to the house. And, uh, and the house was great. It wasn't, you know, the beach that was in the picture wasn't there. Uh, <laughs> but uh, the pool was, so that was nice. And, uh, and we had a great time at, uh, for that. But uh, sometimes we in the church, uh, and even us preachers, can be... Uh, really at blame for acting like she was. Uh, when somebody's stressed or worried or anxious or overwhelmed in life, say, don't worry, God's got it. Don't worry, God's got it. Just kind of throwing that. Us Christians sometimes can be bad about that because although that statement is true, that's sometimes all we offer. Don't worry, God's, God's got it. Surrender it to God. Give it to God. He'll be fine. You'll be fine. And we just kind of are trite about the way we offer our suggestions because we know that God tells us not to be anxious, not to worry. And so we just kind of throw that out there without anything behind it. What I have found is anytime you find phrases like this that say, do not worry, anytime you find phrases that say, do not fear, it always follows with a how and a path, a journey towards that place of no fear and no worry, no anxiety. At no point is it saying you should not be anxious because that is lack of faith and that is sin. You need to feel ashamed about yourself for being worried. That's not what we have. Or you should not worry, so just don't do it. <laughs> we can't turn it off like that. Instead, it gives us a path for us to go down, a way of living that will help us to keep in focus the right things. Anxiety that we're talking about here is uh, that which monopolizes the heart's concerns is a good definition for anxiety. That which monopolizes our heart's concerns. What we're not talking about here is some of the more clinical anxiety or some of the things that God does provide healing for. God does provide a path. Oftentimes that's through a counseling or, or, or medical professionals or whatever that is. That's not necessarily what we're talking about. We're talking about when we become focused on the things that we shouldn't, but they're right there in front of us. And so sometimes it's hard. That's the way I am sometimes when I go to sleep at night. Uh, I, what's in front of me is uh, whatever... I can most be stressed for. It's as if my brain on its own just sits there and just seeks out something until it finds something to be uh, stressed about or anxious about, and it kind of stays on it, and I stay awake. Now, Molly, she is the opposite. And uh, if Molly gets anxious about something, particularly as that anxiety level, there's some threshold that she just goes... <sighs> And she just falls asleep. And uh, I learned this pretty early on that even when we were dating uh, and we would rent a movie and watch a movie and first five minutes or so she'd fall asleep and, uh, and then before I switched it out and put my movie in uh, <laughs> that I noticed that she, uh, as she fell asleep, I knew when it was because she'd go, 
like something like that. I'm like, what, what in the world? And, uh, and sure enough, she was out. And so I knew what it sounded like when she fell asleep. And so uh, one day we were dating. She was in Jackson, actually, still finishing up pharmacy school. And, uh, and I was in Memphis, and we were talking on the phone. And, and, and uh, I had a lot to say. We were having a little disagreement, if you will. And, uh, and as a good preacher, I was analyzing that thing. And I was talking, and I was really wishing that she was there with me so I could have a whiteboard where I could really chart it out a little bit better where she was wrong. And... Uh, and she could really see it. And at some point along the way, uh, I can't understand how, but why, but I heard the, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, did you just fall asleep? And uh, <laughs> that's what she does sometimes uh, when it comes to worry or stress. Um, but sometimes it becomes that which we focus on. So that's kind of what we're talking about here, where, where we're being guided in this scripture today. Like I said, that God uh, uh, never tells us not to worry without giving us a why and a how. So this is why. First, we have the why. Why should we not worry? Therefore, this is verse 25. This is words are from Jesus. So therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. It is not life more than food and the body more than clothing. Look at the birds of the air, they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin, yet I tell you, even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you? God, oh, you of little faith. Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink? What shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore... Do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. The why and the how that Jesus wants us to have a heart of confidence and of peace. So first in the why, we take in those first uh, uh, two verses here. We know that we are highly valued by God. He says, look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather their barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. He's telling us, look at the birds. Look at nature. Look at, at uh, how God takes such good care of them. Are you not of more value than them? That God places us in his, the highest place in his eyes. That we are highly valued by God. And we need to realize that. First and foremost, that God looks upon us and he values us. He loves us. He favors us. The grace, the word grace that we use so often, rightfully so, means the un... Uh, wow. The uh, un... 
favor of God. Unearned. Thank you. She, she didn't tell me. She just looked at me with a question mark. Uh, <laughs> but, but she knew that. Uh, uh, the unearned favor of God. I mean, God looks at us, he values us, and not because of anything we've done, anything we've done to earn that, that God just loves us and values us and cares about us. The more we know that, the farther along the path we are to not having the worry and the anxiety that sometimes comes. It says, and which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour uh, to your span of life? And basically saying it is fruitless in our life to spend so much time worrying, to allow the center, the focus of our attention to be upon these things in life that we know that God will take care of. And these are essential things and important things. The things that he's telling us not to be anxious of is your life. What you will eat, what you will drink, what you will put on and wear. Those are essential elements of life. And Jesus is saying, set them aside. Don't let them be your primary focus. It's fruitless. There's nothing we can do to change that. Because God has got it in his hands. It says, why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field and how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you? So God will provide for us all that we need to be faithful to what he calls us to. Hear that again. God will provide for us all that we need to be faithful to what he's called us to do. There's not a single thing in which God will call us to do in which he will not provide. He is one who constantly provides for us and desires to give us good things to do the things he's called us to do. And sometimes when I find myself without is because I've ventured into areas or trying to do things or trying to accomplish things that he never sent me to do. So it's almost like putting on the brakes or sometimes trying to do too much. Like I said, uh, trying to do too much work during the week and not having enough time to finish preparation for the most important part of the week, which was my sermon, that sometimes I just got ahead of myself. But we know that God always provides for everything he calls us to do, that God is always faithful. He says, therefore, do not be anxious, saying, what shall we eat, what shall we drink, what shall we wear? He said, they, says that again. For the Gentiles seek after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. God knows everything. Sometimes we feel like in the face of tragedy in this world and in the face of tragedy in our own life or the lives of people around us that maybe God's not really all that concerned with the little things of my life. They feel really big right now, but sometimes we minimize those things that we are anxious about. We kind of try to set them aside and and think that God doesn't care about that. I don't need to be praying about that. God's not worried about that. God knows you. God knows every little detail. He's concerned with every little detail of you. Just the other day, yesterday, I think, 
I think it was yesterday, Thomas got this little scratch on his hand. And uh, it was a little bitty scratch. It didn't even bleed. And uh, didn't even know it was there. And all of a sudden, he saw it. And I think it was my fault. I think I said, Thomas, you got a little scratch. Now, bad, bad thing to do. And uh, he doesn't like Band-Aids because it draws attention to his, his wound. And uh, so Thomas is two and a half, by the way, if you don't know. And uh, So he just doesn't like them. And it starts stressing him out. And he's trying to, he wants to just put it away, get rid of it. Let it be gone. And, uh, and sure, sure enough, he, uh, last time that this happened, he had a little speck of, a like, little bitty scab, I mean, a little bitty, it wasn't bleeding, or a little bitty thing, but it was just like, oh, and once he discovered it afterwards. And uh, he went into the Band-Aid, and, he, and I said, he said, I said, here, here, Thomas, put a sock on it. And uh, that was a mistake, because the next three days, he wore that sock. He would not, he slept in it, he came to church. Some of y'all said, who is the kid with the sock? Oh, it's preacher's <laughs> Preacher's kid. Uh, it, uh, the, the, he just, so this last, yesterday, he was like, can I, can I have a sock? And we're like, no. Because he was going to be the kid at 18. He's like walking around with a sock on his hand because he had a, we needed to nip that. It, uh, but, uh, but you know what? Because it worried him, it worried me. I wasn't worried about his safety. I wasn't worried about his health. But because it, it worried him, I treated it. I didn't give him the sock, but I treated it seriously. I was like, Thomas, oh, I'm so sorry. You know, come on, buddy, you can do this. We can get, you know, whatever it was that I cared. Whatever he cared deeply about, I care deeply about. That's the way God is for us. We may think it's just some little scratch, but if it is with us, God cares. He pays attention. He brings his grace to that point where you are. Why should we not worry? Because God, he's got it. He's with us. He walks with us and he guides us. How do we get to that point? Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Oh, okay. Uh, how do we do that? Seek first the kingdom of God. To seek first to seek the kingdom of God means to put the kingdom of God before us and centered and uh, ahead of all other things. It means to make the kingdom of God and the way of life, his righteousness means the, the way of living, to seek, make the kingdom of God and God's way of life our first priority in our life. And everything else will take care of itself. I, again, of course, have to use another Coach Horton story. If you remember any of my previous sermons, all my previous sermons, I've mentioned Coach Horton in my uh, incredible high school career in cross country and track uh, that many years ago. But, uh, but Coach Horton, brilliant man, a co good coach, he, uh, he would have us sometimes before our cross country meet uh, kind of sit in a circle. If he knew we were particularly gripey or, or, or whatever in bad focus, he would sit us around in a circle and say, all right, give me everything you got. What are all your complaints? we say, oh, coach, my feet hurt. All right, put the feet hurt in there. And it, coach, this is a little too hilly today. This, this, this meat is hilly. All right, put that in there. It's, it's hot. It's humid today. All right, put that in there. And so we just got to throw them all into the middle of the circle uh, symbolically. He says, all right, that's behind us. Now the race. Let that stay before you. Because he knew we needed to name it. Because he'd also told us, and I don't know if this is true, but he told us, and I believe it, uh, that if you look at these races, like if you watch the, uh, in the Olympics, the marathon, 
uh, or uh, it seems like they used to have them more on Saturdays. It's the Ironman, different, just long races. You'll notice that there is uh, a big grouping of people out front uh, together, and then there are usually two or three, and maybe sometimes just one, in front of them who have separated from them as the race gets towards the end. He said that that one big group is the good, the really, really, really top, good top runners of the day. They're the ones, I don't know how you know this, he said they're the ones who have been able to just put all of their worries, put all of their concerns, put all of their pain, what they're suffering, what they're going through, put that aside and, and not think about it. He says, but the problem is at some point in time in that race, they're gonna, it's, that pain can't, you can't get around. It's gonna come to the surface. At some point in time, they end up having to face it and that's when they fall back. It becomes their focus and not the victory of the race. He said the elite runners are the ones who their focus all along is the victory. Knowing that the pain is coming, knowing what's happening, facing these things, dealing with these things, but always placing them in the context of the victory of the race. They're the ones who are not surprised when the pain or the trouble or the trials come. They're the ones who know how to face it when it happens. And that's what we're being called to do, not just deny that anything is wrong. That's not what we're called to do. Not say, this is so petty, I don't need to worry about it. Not just set things aside and hope that they just go away. God wants to bring us to bring it all to him. All that we have, all that we are, all that bothers us and worries us, and lay it before him. And keep the focus before us of the kingdom of God. He wants us to put the objects of our anxiety into the context of the whole journey and remembering those traits that we talked about before. Another, the second thing he wants to do is value the things that God values. To, if we value the things that God values, that's one way also that we seek the kingdom of God. I use a phrase, I think it was my first sermon here, uh, that if it's good for the kingdom, it's good for the church. If it's good for the church, it's not necessarily good for the kingdom. You hear that again, if it's good for the kingdom... It's going to be good for the church. If it's good for Christianity as a whole, for the body of Christ, for the, the work of God uh, as a whole, then it's going to be good for Emmanuel United Methodist Church. But if it's good for United, Emmanuel United Methodist Church, it may or may not be good for the whole. But let's make that personal today. If it's good for the kingdom, it will be good for me. Guaranteed. But if it's good for me, it's not necessarily good for the kingdom. So what does it say? It's saying if we place the kingdom at the forefront and our decisions that we make in life are based on, are they good for the kingdom? Will they serve the kingdom? Will they help me and provide, help me do what I need to do to help serve the kingdom, to help serve the lost and the least, to help serve the hungry, to help serve those? Just look at the people who Jesus cared for and loved. Is it, is it going to help me do that? And if it is, then it'll be good for me. It will build me up. But if my focus is just me, 
and I just place my life and my survival and just getting to the next day and just getting past retirement or getting past a graduation or getting past whatever is next or just investing all things into me, then it not, will not necessarily be good for the kingdom. And the way that we get past worry and anxiety is to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. When we do that, we begin to find the peace that God wants for us and the confidence that God wants for us that even in the midst of whatever we face, we have a confidence and a peace. And lastly, we are to surrender to the king. It's a kingdom. So if we put the kingdom of God first and foremost, we need to realize that our king is good. Our king is able. Our king loves us. Our king knows us, as we've said. Our king is worth trusting. And just surrender to the king. And sometimes that's just a prayer in our hearts that we say, yes, Jesus, I surrender. I can't do this. I'm not in charge. I think I am, but I, I don't have this. This is yours. Some of us need to make that prayer today. Hey, God, I don't have this. I've got, I'm going to give it to you. Seek first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added to you. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you have not left us here alone, but instead you have given us all that we need to do what you've called us to do. And you desire for us to have joy and desire for us, even in the face of challenges and, and, and tribulation and struggles, you desire for us to experience your grace and your mercy. Let us put you first and keep you first in all that we do. Amen.